This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. There's a spiritual warfare that is taking place also in our minds, in our hearts, causing us to think, causing us to worry, causing us to worry about things that may never happen, causing our sin nature to rise up. There is a spiritual battle going on. Now, he says, I'm not going to be here much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. The ruler of this world obviously alludes to Satan. What Jesus is referring to, in fact, is that Judas is going to betray him and all this plan, which is going to remove him from them, is about to unfold. So he's coming. It's time. These are words that could bring joy or relief or fear. It's time. Sometimes it comes too soon. Sometimes it feels like it'll never come. Well, you can rest assured that you can live with peace when you trust that the one who controls the clock is none other than God himself. Today, Pastor Troy shares his insights into the timing of God. God's timing is perfect. He always has a reason, and his timing is always for your good. Jesus faithfully trusted God's timing, and so can you. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 14 as he continues his message, My peace I give to you. Another reason God does things his way on his timetable and not your way is because he wants you to understand he's in control. He's got it, not you. Let go. I've got it. And I'm going to do it at my pace, my way, so that you know it was me. Why? One, so that you know it's him. And two, so you might believe. Some of us, we act like we don't believe. God says, let go. We say, no. I've got to do this. Do you believe? Yep, but I'm not letting go. That's not believing. That's saying I'd like to believe, but I don't. But we've got to be willing to let go or you will have no peace. There is no other way. You've got to let God do it his way. And you've got to resign yourself. Remember we talked about the white flag of surrender? You've got to stop trying to get it to happen and work out your way. And you've got to learn to resign yourself. I, we, we have to learn to resign ourselves. This is what God has given. And so today I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to do it with all of my heart. I'll say about all of our events, hey, whether they're successful, lots of people, or not many show up, whatever we do, if we're going to do an event, let's enjoy it. Let's have fun. So one way we get peace in waiting is to look back at all the things that Jesus has predicted, all the things that the Scripture says. And for the Jews who are standing before Jesus, the disciples who are standing before Jesus, for them is to look at all that Jesus had predicted concerning himself. He predicted he would be betrayed. They could look back and go, he was. He predicted that he'd be killed in the hands of leaders, and he was. He predicted he would raise again, and then they would see that, and he was. 
we can look back on the scriptures and know that, you know what? He's promised certain things. He has always been faithful. He's always good. And so I can have peace in the waiting. I don't see the results, but I know who he is. If I promised you over the period of, say, a month or so each day, tomorrow I'm going to pick you up at 5, and I could maybe change the time every time. Tomorrow I'm picking you up at 8 p.m. Tomorrow I'm picking you up at 7. And every day I promise you I'm there on time. Then over time, you would begin to feel comfortable when I say I'm going to be there at nine tomorrow, you're not going to go, oh man, I hope you remember. I hope, I hope, because my track record has given you confidence, right? It's, it's when our track record is not all that good that we worry, oh, I hope they don't forget. I don't, oh, they get distracted and they go shopping and they, it's hard for us to have confidence. But look, in Christ, read the scriptures. He's faithful. Anytime you might feel he hasn't been faithful to you, you were wrong. He didn't agree to that. You tried to hold him to something he never said he would do. That's the only answer for that. Because what he says he'll do, he does. What he initiates, he does. And what he initiates, we have to align with. He never on our side in the sense that I'm going to do. I want to, Lord, be with me. He doesn't side with us in that. That open-ended kind of a contract where it's ever-changing over here. Well, now I'm going here. Now I'm going here, Lord. No, no. He says, we're doing this, and I have a plan for your life, and I want to engage you. Now, you can say yes or no. No, there's going to be problems, pain, and all that. But if you engage yourself, if you're doing what I want, there will be peace and promises that are fulfilled. And there will be a love in your heart for the things that you're doing and the people in your path along the way. So we can have a peace in the waiting. Promises Jesus has made or I'll come back again. I'll be back. I have overcome the world, he says. My peace I give to you, he says. That means it's okay for you to stop worrying. I think we can feel a little guilty, and this is another tactic of the enemy, but we can feel a little guilty about not worrying. Like it's not good for me not to worry. Like that's what the enemy does. He gets into our brain, and trust me, I don't care what your IQ is, he's smarter than you. The enemy's been around. He's been around when Einstein was right. He's brilliant. He's a spiritual being. He sees things beyond just this world. So he's got an advantage. He knows how to trip us up. So when the Lord says, stop worrying, and the enemy says, if you're not worrying, you must not care. One of those things is not true. It's not accurate. Which is it? The Lord says, stop worrying. He says, it's okay to stop worrying about what you can't control. Now, that's key. If it's not within your means of being able to control that thing, then let go. Stop worrying. Don't let it bring you down. Don't let it destroy you. Let go. Now, there are some things. For example, if you were supposed to study for a test and you decided, I'm not going to do it, and then 20 minutes before you're worried, well, that's, that's on you. There is no supernatural peace for that. You should be worried. You did the wrong thing. If you disobey your parents or disobey your boss and and you haven't shown up for three days and didn't tell him that you weren't going to show up and you start to show up on the fourth day and go, man, I'm really worried I might live. I'm going to claim that supernatural peace, Lord. No, no, there is no peace for you on that. You didn't do what you could do. 
You could show up, or you could have called him and said, hey, I'm not going to be there. Can I have off? You could have done that. You didn't do that part. So now you should worry because this could be a consequence of sin. But when you've done what you're supposed to do and only what God's given you to do, then that's it. That's all you can do. And don't worry about the rest. So you're faithful. You're one of the best employees. A job's coming due and you didn't get the promotion. And now you go, maybe that means they're going to fire me. Maybe they don't like me. And you start showing up. He says, don't worry. If they fire you, I got something. I'm moving. You're obedient. You're doing everything right. You're in my will. I got this. And if you get fired, it's because I'm in control. So leave it alone and let me be God. Don't worry. There's a command to stop worrying even in the waiting. So we can have peace in temporal waiting. Verse 30. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Finally, peace in spiritual warfare. See, there's a spiritual warfare that is taking place also. In our minds, in our hearts, causing us to think, causing us to worry, causing us to worry about things that may never happen, causing our sin nature to rise up, there is a spiritual battle going on. Now, he says... I'm not going to be here much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. The ruler of this world obviously alludes to Satan. What Jesus is referring to, in fact, is that Judas is going to betray him and all this plan, which is going to remove him from them, is about to unfold. So he's coming. It's time. Now, Jesus is not calling Judas Satan. Don't confuse that. But Jesus knows that Satan is behind the scenes, manipulating whoever he can, whoever gives the room for him, and that Satan is the ultimate manipulator. Just before this, Jesus predicted that he would be betrayed. And he whispers to Judas, hurry and do what you must. And when he does that, look what happens in Luke chapter 22, verses 3 and 4. It says, then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And then Jesus says of the ruler of this world who is trying to force this situation, he says, and he, that ruler, has nothing in me. He's simply saying that though the ruler is moving, though the ruler is coming and moving these things along, he's not the one controlling the circumstances. He has no control over me. He's not manipulating me. This is the will of the Father. He even says, I obey the Father. I'm doing what the Father said. The Father's in me. I'm in the Father. So don't think Satan's in control, even though he manipulates and is at work in this world. He's not, and he has no control over Jesus or what Jesus is doing. And Judas, well, Judas isn't doing something against his own will. See, it's not like Satan has possessed him and Judas has no control. Judas is doing something that's in his own heart to do. Judas has simply opened his heart through his sinful nature so that it gives Satan an opening, a foothold, Satan can capitalize on this opening and use Judas like a pawn. As a Christian, Satan has no power over you, none. 
Not even a little bit. He cannot possess you as a believer. He cannot cause you to do things that are not in your heart to do. He can tempt you, but he cannot overtake you. Speaking of false prophets and deceptive spirits, where we're at a big disadvantage, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, we read this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you, see, that's why Satan can't possess you, because there's another who's in you who won't share the space. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on Building on the Solid Rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's Word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program, or if you have any questions about Building on the Solid Rock, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. Listen to previous teachings as well, and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. So as a child of God, we can never really use the excuse, the devil made me do it. We can't use that excuse. Now, the rest of the world can use that excuse, but then they're still condemned because it's a confession. If the devil can make them do it, it meant they didn't have the one who would keep them from doing it, the Christ. But you and I, we don't have that same excuse. See, he has no authority. Now, let me make this clear too. Don't underestimate the enemy. He's powerful. He's very manipulative. He knows your weaknesses. He knows how to push buttons. He can't control you, but he knows your buttons. And he knows that all he's got to do is get you to control yourself the way you want to. We all have certain areas of fear. And if he can bring something into our life, bring something up that hits that button, then all of a sudden we're irrational. We're not making good decisions. Certain things cause us that we all have different buttons. Some well, you got a lot of buttons. <laughs> it's easy for him. You're all over the angry at this, mad at this, fearful here. And Satan knows how to play that. But we don't have to let him. We don't have to be afraid of anything. God's in control. We don't have to get angry. See, angry is one of the most selfish. There's a righteous anger. Children being abused, there's a righteous anger. The Lord says, in your anger, do not sin. Don't go take it into your own hands. No vigilantes. It's his. He'll repay, says the Lord. But most of our anger is selfish. I want it this way, and they're not letting it happen. I'm angry. And it's not a righteous anger. It's a personal anger. It's like my life is interrupted. You know, I'm okay. I, I pray when people cut people off, it's fine. But when they cut me off and almost hit me, you know, something rises up that's not at first prayer. It's like, you could have hurt me. You cut me off. You Now it's affected me, me personally, and I, I get a little angry. I mean, but you think about it. We get angry for dumb things. 
You got the remote control. You're trying to watch this show, and the kids decide they want to interrupt. What are you? I told you. Why are you not in bed? They interrupted. We shouldn't have responded that way, but we did. Why? Because I want to be about this, and you have interrupted me. And so my anger is very unjustified. It's ungodly. It's self-centered. So we've got to be very careful because there's an enemy who knows our buttons. We all have them. Some more than others, but we all have them. And he wants to push the buttons because he knows he has no power over you. But if he can get you to freak out, well, you can do enough damage on your own. Just pull the cord and let you go. You'll damage others in your home. You'll bring them down. We can make a mess of things quickly. And so he's always looking for a place. See, knowing that he has no power over us should give us peace in spiritual warfare. But we need to know that Satan's always looking for the weak link. Any way to get his foot in the door to distract you, to discourage you, to defer you, deter you, or detour you, to defeat you. And if at all possible, to kill you. Because ultimately, he would love nothing more than to just get rid of you. But if you're aware of the spiritual battle and the truth that he has no power of you, then you can have peace. Paul said to the Corinthians, we are not ignorant of his devices, his tactics. Satan will wear on you. He will try to wear you out with things you can't fix. I can't fix it. It keeps going on in your mind. He just keeps blowing it into flame. Let's keep that into flame. I don't even add anything to this. It's just going. Let me keep reminding. Let me keep bringing them up. You'll get wore out with things you can't fix. It will drain you. You'll be a person who has no joy. Miserable to be around. He'll hinder your prayers with things like bitterness and unforgiveness. I'm angry. I'm mad. And so I am not going to forgive. And and now this, the Bible says it hinders your prayers to God. That's a win for the enemy if you're not keeping track here. And he'll also stir up all the what ifs. All those what ifs. Unless you're programming in a computer, God's already programmed us. He knows. He says, what if you just follow me? That's enough. What if for us? What if, what if, no, what if you just follow me? But there's an enemy who likes to, well, what if this? What if that? What if these? What if they? What if? And he brings up all of these things that you have no control over. None. And all you can do is go, well, what if I just fix my eyes on the Lord follow him if I work on my own personal growth and not worry about all of the other stuff the work of God is to help strengthen us against the wiles of the enemy he's constantly doing a work in us the designers of the Golden Gate Bridge which was built in 1937 engineered it to withstand three stresses called dead load live load and wind load Dead load is the weight of the bridge itself. Live load would be the weight of the traffic or passerbyers, birds landing on, anything that would be on the bridge. And then wind load, obviously, are the winds and the storms that might come and beat against that bridge to cause it to sway. They wanted to make sure that it was stable, secure. So it was anchored and braced with all of these three in mind. Well, our Lord is a great designer and a master builder. Obviously, Christ is our anchor. 
But he's also trying to brace. He's working to brace us. Working in different areas of our life so that we can live without worry and fear. So that we can bear up under the load. So that the things around us aren't a source of worry, but are a resource. So that we can bear up under the Lord. Of course, again, Jesus is the anchor. But what are your bracings? What are the bracings? What is he seeking to shore up in your life? Is it your home? Is he working in you to clean up your home, to get rid of the things that are not godly, to bring in the things that are godly, to make your home more Christ-centered so that it's a brace and not a distraction? It's not part of the load that you carry, but a brace. Is it your fellowship? Is he moving you to become more involved or accountable in the things of the Lord so that you have a stronger support system there in your fellowship? Maybe it's your activities. Maybe you're so divided that you have lots of cares and little strength. And maybe he's wanting to focus you with your activities, reducing many of them to focus on the things that he's given to you. In verse 31, Jesus says, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. In other words, I'm teaching you to obey. I'm telling you don't worry. I'm telling you to obey. And so that you can see I'm setting an example that I love the Father and I can trust the Father and you can trust also. Let's go. Let's do this. It's time. It is time. Today is the day. The supernatural peace, you don't have to try to build over time. You can have it today. You can say, look, Lord, the things that I have no control over, I, I put them in your hands. What is it you want me to be about? What should my mind be stayed on? What should I be doing or not doing that's from you? Let me do that because I know I can do that with joy. I can do that without it being a drain. Now, it might be a work and it might be an adjustment to my schedule. I may have to give up things I want to do for the things that I need to do. But what is it, Lord? Scripture says today is the day of salvation. What are you worried about? Let's start there. Do you want peace? Will you come to the Prince of Peace? He's the only one who can guide you, navigate through the storms of life with perfect peace. But here's a question. Will you let go of those things that he says are an interruption to your peace? And run without hindrance the race that he has for you. Run the race. You can run that race in a troubled world. You can have peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. The awareness that he's with you in these things. In his will. You need to be in his will, not fighting things you have no control over. And in the temporal waiting, you can have peace Do what God has given you to do. Focus on that and leave everything else in his hands and do not dwell on it. Don't worry. Don't fear. Stop. And be busy about your father's business. In spiritual warfare, you can have peace. Understand that Satan has no power over you. And also, as God starts to speak to your heart things, let him shore up those things in your life that he wants to be a brace for you. Let him shore those things up 
Sometimes it's getting rid of things. Sometimes it's bringing in new things. But it's the Lord who must tell you what that is. And then we will walk in perfect peace because he gave it to us. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come